Good morning, everyone. So someone sent me this question the other day, and I thought, well, why not answer it simply? They asked me how I actually make recordings. And I have a much longer podcast episode on this coming up, but uh, here's basically the breakdown and the outline of how I do it. So there's two rough ways that I make recordings. There's spontaneous recordings, and then there's planned recordings. So for the spontaneous recordings, it's usually I've had a conversation with someone, my, my creativity has been sparked or inspired, and there's something that I want to make. Um, I very often give gifts of five to ten minute brainwashing recordings to people, and I went through a period a couple of months ago where simply as a challenge to myself, I was pushing out five to seven of these a day for a couple of weeks straight. I would just have people call me up, or I would think of someone, or I have a name on a list, and I would make them up a recording of my voice on a particular theme. So how I did that was I used my phone. I have an iPhone, and the little voice memos app in this is, well, it's quite capable. I have a simple set of headphones that I slip in with a little built-in microphone on the headphones. I, I do have an over-the-head set. Uh, it's the Razer gaming headset with one earphone. I can't recall the exact name of it. Someone bought it for me as a gift. And uh, it's got the little microphone that comes out in front of your mouth. But the one I'm recording on now is a pair of $30 headphones that I picked up from JB Hi-Fi. And they go with me everywhere. I can roll them up, put them in my pocket. That's the most important thing about this is being able to record at the drop of a hat spontaneously. So I'll use the voice memos app on my iPhone. I'll plug my headphones in. And I like to pace whenever I'm doing spontaneous recordings. I like to wander around the house. How I do them is I will think of two things. The person and the theme. So if you guys are familiar with my How to Learn Erotic Hypnosis outline page on my website, mindkink.net, uh, it should be on the top bar or in the menu on the top right-hand side. Basically, it's just a dot point list of how to learn erotic hypnosis and one of the things I advocate there is those HLSS cards. So what you do is you make up mini trances. Igor calls them blitzes but essentially what you do is you pick a theme and then you use power words which are kind of like connecting pieces. If, if words were Lego, power words are the pieces that allow you to connect Lego pieces to other pieces, right? To just kind of spin off these long sentences filled with hypnotic content. Now the content's important, but so is the emotion behind it. You have to really feel these things. You have to mean them. You have to also not overdo it. Um, you know, what you want, and I'm quoting Eagle here, is you want every word, every phrase to be pregnant with meaning. So here's an example. You can allow yourself to become more relaxed with every breath that you take. Alright? Or you can allow yourself to really become more relaxed with every breath that you take. And to the untrained observer, it looks like slightly longer pauses and more emotion, but to someone skilled in hypnosis, it will look like you're actually feeling those things. And one of the great things that develops in you as a hypnotist uh, is the ability to control your own state, which is fantastic for trauma and grief counseling. But or, you know, getting over those things yourself. It really comes in handy. So, I'll use headphones, iOS voice memos app, then I will export that audio straight into an encrypted cloud called Trezorit. So I have that synced to my phone. 
I'll push that up into the encrypted cloud, and at no point from that point onwards does it ever leave the encrypted cloud. So I'll pull it down on my computer, and I will edit it then, if I need to, although usually I don't. Uh, and then I will simply send that to someone via a secure channel, so a signal message, or you can create a link in Trezorit and send them the link, and they can download that securely via email. Now, the most important thing about creating spontaneous recordings is that you have a clear, uninterrupted flow. So nothing can get in the way of creating the recording. So you need to have your tools on you at all times. And honestly, what you do is you don't carry around extra tools. You just use what you have on you at all times. Like I have headphones in my pocket and I have my phone. So I find a quiet place and I make a recording. Now, the actual format of the recordings is really, really simple. You pick two or three or five cards from a HLSS deck that you like, you talk about that person's name, you make it personal to them, right? And then you simply pick a theme, pick their name, think about who they are as a person, create H plus inside of yourself. So H plus is this concept that Igor talks about that is absolutely magical, right? In, in the effect that it has on the quality of your hypnosis sessions. And what it is, is you create a simultaneous feeling of they're going to enter hypnosis and they're going to have an amazing time doing it and everything is going to be great and they're going to get some sort of positive outcome from this as well as this feeling that you really care about that person it's hypnosis with a positive intention h plus so you create that inside yourself you think about that person in a good way you think about what you want to create for that person the gift that you want to give to that person and then you start talking about it you make sure you remember their name, you make sure you mention it a couple of times, and then you, you take your theme, which has varied for me from everything from brainwashing to comfort and relaxation, to water sports, to an addiction to sucking cock, to obedience, to control, to, you want to, you want to try and do is pick a theme that's simple, so usually one word or, uh, usually one word themes are best, obedience. And then when you're H+, you feel that, you talk about that person's name, and then you start looping words together, binding them together with those power words from your HLSS deck. And you just loop through those five cards. And what that does is it's like the starter motor in a car. It just gets you running. And then once you're warmed up in your brain and you're not censoring yourself and you've gotten out of your own way, then you can start you know, using other power words that you know that'll come to you unconsciously and unbidden. Yes, all right, Mr. Magpie. Now, the thing with these is you make the recordings short and you make lots of them. The idea is not to get emotionally invested in making one big, long, hour and a half long recording that will take you days. The idea is to iterate. It's to create more, faster. And so what you do is you make little recordings, lots of them. And then from that, you learn that you can. And then from that, you learn that it's easy. And then from learning that it's easy, it's a simple jump from that to, I can do this, I can make recordings. And then this format, by design, dovetails perfectly into real-life hypnosis sessions. What you're essentially doing is you're practicing a blitz. A blitz is when you pick a theme and you can just talk about it in a very, very compelling hypnotic way for five to ten minutes. Off the cuff, anywhere you are, no matter what you're doing. Now, in person, you combine things like eye contact and, and really feeling that energy and really connecting with that person. There was someone that taught me a trigger 
concept. I can't claim credit for it. But it was one of the single most powerful and useful concepts I've ever learned. And it was this idea of a connect with me trigger. Um, so that's how you make spontaneous recordings. And what you want is three to five minutes in length, no longer. Just that name, that person, talk about that concept in a hypnotic way. Make the recording, send it to them. Pump them out. Just keep sending them. Ideally, what you want to have is a couple of different people so you can practice working those different muscles. And some people are more sexual and some people have different needs and tastes and likes and wants. And so make some dot points down, keep notes. And, uh, you know, let's, let's use this as an example. So there's a girl that I have at the moment in uh, Sweden. Right? Beautiful girl. Just, oh, she's like seven and a half feet tall. It's very, it was... Uh, yeah, it was very, very much a shock on our first date. Her photographs did not convey how tall she was. It's the first girl that I've ever fucked that, uh, that was taller than me. But uh, so what I did was I made up recordings for her. So I made up her name, and then I'd talk about something that she really liked, like the sucking cock. So let's give you an example. Let's say there's a girl that you met that you went on a date with. The date went really well. Sex happened, it was amazing. You enjoyed it, she enjoyed it. Or let's say you haven't got to that stage yet. That's fun. So what you do is you think of her name, you think of some power words, you pick a theme that you know that you know she'd like, and then you make up a recording for her. Super simple. And I feel like I'm going over the basics a bit much here, but you know, I want people to get the idea. So one of the things I have to emphasize here is that you don't don't underestimate just how meaningful something a couple of minutes long that they can listen to anywhere with their eyes open that makes them feel comfortable and safe means to them. I mean, people, women sometimes, women especially these days, but men also, men also, lead stressful lives. And having something on tap that they can push, you know, the button on and press play and then enjoy that, feeling of just being calm and soothed and entranced by your voice. The other thing about length is because they're so short, they're going to loop them over and over and over again. And that's what you want. You don't want them to listen to one brainwashing recording one time. You want them to listen to one five-minute brainwashing recording 30 times. Repetition is the key to effect. So now you know how to make short little recordings. You use your phone or whatever app you have on Android phones. I don't have an Android phone, so you know, you'll figure that out. You use headphones, your recording microphone, upload it to a secure place because you don't want these things getting lost. And then you find a way of sending that to them. And you make three, four, five, ten of these for every person that you know. And even if you only know one person, that gives you ten opportunities to practice. Make them short, three to five minutes in length. Bang them out at once. Don't worry about editing them. If you really want to go in and fuck around with editing, edit them all at the end. But the hard part for people to get over is generating the raw material to start with. Editing is super easy. It's just slow and frustrating. But don't be so hard on yourself as well because if you're you know if you're recording this in your room then no one knows that you're making these things so no one knows that you're making them until you've actually sent them to somebody so don't feel pressured to make it perfect the first time remember that they care about you 
Remember that they care about more than just the sessions that you have with them. Well, I mean, fuck, I hope they do. You know, you are a good person, fundamentally, at your core. And you don't have to service people or, you know, be a machine they can pull a lever on to have value in your life. Learn to enjoy making these things because it's a work of art. It's a, it's a mechanism for creative expression of yourself. You, you have this opportunity to use these gifts that you have been given by nature, by the universe, by circumstance and experience to create something that makes someone you care about feel a certain way. And one of the best things about this is that because of the time zone differences involved in long-distance relationships, especially when everyone in HypnoKink is scattered around the world, if you live in an unconventional time zone like Australia, uh, it's often hard to find a time that overlaps for people to have real in-live, real in-person live sessions with you over the phone, you know, remotely. And uh, so making recordings means that they can plug you in and turn them on, turn you on whenever is convenient for them. So they you know, they start work at nine, but they've got five minutes before they walk in the office and they want to pull up their list of sessions that you've made for them and go, okay, you know, confidence. And then they get three and a half minutes to five minutes of confidence. You know, you just talking to them about confidence and how confidence is easy, simple, natural, how it comes from inside of you, how confidence comes from competence and they can allow their mind to wander back to things that they know they're already good at and apply those skills to learn new things and enjoy the process of learning. Enjoy the process of, you know where I'm going with this, right? Never underestimate the power of a small recording at the right place at the right time. I've had people message me and say that, I'm not, I'm not bragging, but I'm trying to illustrate the, the importance of, not necessarily being compelled to do this, but the, the way that some people have, there's so much meaning and significance to something that you might have created 10 of that day, but I've had people email me and say this was the thing that stopped them from jumping off the bridge. Not an exaggeration, you know. Now, obviously, you're not someone's counselor, and you should always tell people to seek out mental health professionals, and if you want to have uh, a deeper understanding of some of the ways that people can improve their sense of deservedness, um, I've got some podcast episodes on that first and second one, or the second and third one, I think. Yeah, it's in this series, so you can just look that up. But I wouldn't recommend trying to teach them how to do those things. Just point them in the direction of the podcasts and let them help themselves. So that's how you make spontaneous recordings. And that's why you should make them, because they are amazing to practice with. You get a chance to plug in, there's only two variables, the person and the theme. So, you know, by controlling those variables, you can spit out an absolutely fantastic amount of hypnotic content very quickly to a very high quality by following the exact same format. Pick a couple of cards from the deck, cycle through them, use that to warm you up, and you can either keep cycling through them or you can riff off the cards that you know in your head and you can just get yourself into that moment. Your eyes closed and you're flowing or you can open your eyes if you want to and you're really trying to connect with that person. And that's why the connect with me trigger is so valuable and so powerful and such a great concept. So that's how you create spontaneous recordings. Now, planned recordings are a little bit different, but not fundamentally different. Uh, the motivation is basically the same. How you feel about it is basically the same. It's just a setup. So here's how I do planned recordings. 
Now, what I'll do is I'll get an idea for something. Usually it'd be a concept or a feeling that I want someone to feel. I will write up the script. For about every one page of script, uh, I think it's about seven to 10 minutes to record, depending on how fast you speak. So for a planned recording, I will finish the script or someone will send me a script they'd like me to record in my sexy, awesome voice. And then I will make sure that I have absolutely finalized the script prior to beginning the recording process. So then I will do a draft run through. I will kind of like a table read for a television show. I will read the script all the way through out loud in a non-hypnotic voice, usually while I'll print out for hard copy and pace around my house, just to get a feel for what bits work and what bits don't. Then I will mark up the page with additions or language that flows more naturally unless it's a script someone sent me, and I'll usually use the exact same words. Um, obviously, you can tweak little bits here and there, but that comes with experience, knowing what you can change that will affect the, the formatting of the script and the way it's laid out versus the things that are um, malleable and you can alter and influence without changing the thrust of what someone is trying to achieve there. So I'll mark the script up, I'll go back to my computer, I'll top up the changes, then what I'll do is I will usually go to sleep. I will usually do that sort of thing, you know, in the afternoon or the evening of the day before the actual recording. And then I'll sleep on it. And I'll think about it before I go to sleep. I'll think about mostly what you want to think about when you're, when you're making a recording is the intention and the person, which is why those little mini recordings are so valuable to practice this, because those are the two things that matter. The person and the intention behind it. What is your intention? And when I say write that down, I'm not exaggerating. You want to write down the exact intention of the script and you will find that it will either be more complex, the intention, than you expected, or it'll be totally different to what you were trying to create. You know, Like a lot of guys go into things intending to just have fun, but then the actual reason is they want to get laid or they want to make friends or they want to you know, engage with people socially or do something else, but there's... You know, there's kind of a misalignment between what they're doing and what their intention is. So you want to sort that out up the front. You want to write down what your intention is for a script. And I won't cover how to write scripts. I'll do that in a later episode. But basically, assume you've got a script to start with. And then I will go to sleep. And I'll wake up first thing in the morning and I do my recording first thing in the morning. Because my voice, I've noticed, is really relaxed first thing in the morning from all the sleeping. So I will pull up my computer, I will pull up the script, I will open up a project file in Audacity, I will set up my microphone, which is already always set up. Now, for hardware, I have an Audio-Technica USB 2020 Plus. Now, from my understandings, I don't make these anymore. They're renowned for a particularly warm tone. Um, I have some friends who use the Rode, R-O-D-E, NT-USB Plus, I think. Um, it's got a built-in pop filter. It's quite reasonably priced. A lot of hypnotists I know recommend the Blue Yeti, but I'm not really seeing much in the way of compelling evidence. One of the big things for those guys is they have the ability to switch the pickups. So for most microphones, they have a particular direction that they like the sound to come from, like from the front or from the top or from the left or the right or the back or all around. Um, the big selling point of the Blue Yeti is it seems that you can change the pickup and you can do some simple manual controls on the back. Maybe that's valuable to you, but I feel like they're a little bit like the Apple of 
podcasting microphones, like they look pretty, but uh, maybe not the best in terms of just raw specifications. And with a very small amount of practice, you will learn to get more value out of perhaps, I think, other microphones. So I have people I know and I've recommended the road to them, the Australian brand, very high quality, and the Audio-Technica. Uh, the only problem with the Audio-Technica is it doesn't come with, an, with a built-in pop filter, so you need to find a way to sort that out. So then I will set all my machinery up, and then I will go and take a bath. This is what I do for every planned recording, in case someone who has listened to one of my commissions is listening to this now. This is the prep work that goes into it. So I will go and take a hot bath, I will warm up the muscles of my neck. I'll usually soak for about half an hour, and then I will go and foam roll out my whole body from you know, legs back. What I'm going for is total relaxation. Right. And then I will take my foam roller, foam roll my whole body, and then I will take, I've got this, uh, oh, bought it a couple of weeks ago, but it's just magical. It's a therapy cane, right? Not like an old man cane. It's a, it's a, um, it's shaped like a question mark in bright green, like like the Riddler from Batman. And it has these little um, nodules on it, and then you use that to massage the muscles, the erector spinae that run up the back of your neck. And it's just perfect. So I'll do that as well for five to ten minutes. So that's the body prepared. Then what I'll do is I will do a full vocal warm up. So um, there's the book. The Voice Book by Kate DeVore. There's a CD that comes with that. Um, there's a full vocal warm-up for that. as one of the tracks on the CD. And then, obviously, you want to add in a couple of extra things. Like, I get a bit of tightness in my jaw, so I've got a couple extra exercises on top that I do. And that's your voice warmed up. Right? Now it's time to get you into the hypnotic mood. So you want to think about your H+. You want to think about the person that you're making this for. And I want you specifically to think about how you feel about that person, right? Now, it's easy to lose yourself in love. It's easy to fall so deeply into those feelings of emotion and connectedness that you lose sight of the intention of the recording, which might be to hurt them or to create something that is savage and brutal. And there is a piece that I'm working on for someone at the moment, and it's just incredibly, incredibly dark. And yet... I find myself enjoying this much more than I expect that I would. You know, it's, it's always great as a content creator when your interests align with that of the people that love your work. And, and I mean align to like an infinitesimal degree. There's basically no separation at this point. And it's a bit of a chicken and egg scenario sometimes. You have to wonder with the people that's been, that have been listening to your voice for, for months or years, is it... The brainwashing that made them want these awesome, sexy, fucked up, ridiculously hot things? Or is it the ridiculously hot, sexy, fucked up things that made them want the brainwashing? Gonna, gonna bake your noodle later on. So you put yourself into H+. You think about how much you feel. And, and then what you do is you add on top of that H+, not only the, the two core components of it, speaking in a hypnotic way, and then a strong and overwhelming desire for something positive to happen to that person, for that person, right? But then you layer on top of that the emotions and the themes of the scene, the, the script that you're trying to create. So to use an example, 
there's a script that I'm working on that is a really, really, really dark brainwashing fantasy. Right? I won't go into detail because obviously this is a public platform, but and so you've got to put yourself in that mindset of making the situation real, feeling how you would feel in that moment, and and allow those emotions to come up with you and don't stop them. Right? Now, just before you do your H plus and your and your um and all of this is, you know, you want to make sure that you do one final read through. In fact, what I'll do is I'll have someone type this up and I'll put it all in a series of dot points in the show notes just to make it easy for, for you. But uh, So what you want to do there is, what you want to do is do a, a full read through first thing in the morning after you do your setup for recording and then you want to go into your have a bath, um, foam roll, therapy cane, you know, vocal warm up part. right? And then what you want to do is you want to sit down Find that sweet spot where your mouth is far enough away from the microphone that it gets that sultry tone or whatever tone you want to put in. But remember that it's not so much about the words. It is about the words, but it's not more about the words than it is about how you say them. All right? And what, how you say them comes from the emotions that you feel when you're making that recording. So that's why your H plus and your getting yourself into state is so important. And then what I like to do is I spend the first couple of minutes of that recording hypnotizing myself with my own voice. So I have a little switch on my microphone where I can change it so that I can hear either nothing at all or exactly what's going through the microphone, my own voice. So I'll switch it all the way over to I can hear my voice and I will hypnotize myself with the script for a couple of minutes to get myself in that sort of primed and ready mood. Then what I will do is I'll record the script couple of sentences at a time. And what I will typically do in the night before is go through and divide this, this script up into two or three sentence blocks, depending on the length of the sentence. Now, what this does is it allows you to focus. It allows you to pour yourself into those words. And it also gives you a little space at the end of each sentence so you can not lose your place in the script and so that you can edit out any mistakes. Now, if I make a mistake in the middle of that three sentence block, what I will do is I will go back and record the whole three sentence block. So what I will do is I will realize I've made a mistake. Now, I've found in Audacity, what you do to mark this out so you can find it easier later on is you make, what I do is I make a double mouth click for a small mistake, like that. So it, it creates two sharp spikes when you're looking at it in the editing software, which makes it really easy to go along and pick out that part and go, all right, I'm gonna have to rewind a little bit to the early, to the start of that two or three sentence block. I've got my script here. I'm gonna delete that whole section because I would have stopped and then restarted from that start of that section. So you record it in little blocks of two to three sentences. And what this does is allows you to massively cut down your editing time um, because you know where you are you know where the mistake is. And if you make a, a slip up or, you know, like in my current example, um, you know, if you get birds that you know, fly past your window screeching or, or bats roosting on your roof, then you simply pause, start at the start of that block again and record those previous sentences. And you know, and you make your little signal, your little double click, so that you know when you're going back through the editing, you can make sure you pay attention to those sections. Right. So now you have your fully recorded script, you've gone all the way through. A good length for a starting script is about a page, 
Um, a good length for an intermediate script is about two pages. Uh, so, you know, it'll always be harder to record than doing something spontaneous and off the cuff like this, which is why you can probably going to be making a lot more spontaneous off the cuff content than you might be making professional recordings. But honestly, it's up to you what you do with this stuff. Make something beautiful, make something wonderful, make something that exalts the human spirit, make something that makes someone feel utterly degraded and totally humiliated and uses all of the things they're afraid of to twist them inside out and make them yours. Beautiful things, you know, just beautiful things. You can probably tell I'm smiling as I say this. So now you've finished your recording, now let's talk about editing. Now what you want to do at the start of your recording, if you've forgotten to do it, but that's okay, what you can do is you can just record 10 seconds of background noise. So make a little separate track, record 10 seconds of background noise. Don't speak or do anything like click or anything like that. And then you're going to use the, I think it's called the noise cancelling feature or something in Audacity. It's under effects. So you go in there, you select the section that you want first. So you select that 10 second clip of background noise. And then you go in there, um, you grab that, it'll pull the audio from that. And then you want to double click on all the other stuff, the actual session recording that you've created, and then apply that to that whole thing. Use the defaults, unless you know exactly what you're doing. And that will trim out some of the background noise for you. And now what most people do is rather than do that, they just layer gentle music uh, over it. So one of my favorite things to do with recordings is to layer isochronic tones over them because, they, they, however, they are quite intense. They, they can be a bit intense for some people. Um, so what I typically do these days is I adjust my voice with minimal background noise or I will use um, a specific song. It's called Weightless. And because I use the same song, it allows people to get really familiar with that song and that song also becomes a conditioned reinforcer. They hear the song and they start to drift off because it's, you know. But that's for planned recordings. For spontaneous recordings, I'll just use my voice. No background noise, no background music. I'll produce the whole thing on my phone. I'll do four or five of those recordings in one go, sometimes for the same person, sometimes for different people. And then I will package them all up rename them and then email them off. The way I rename them is that person's name, hyphen, and then the theme of that recording so that that way they can find them later on and so that I can find them later on. Hmm. Planned recordings, what else do I do? I mean, I know it sounds asinine, but I think that the biggest thing is not to judge yourself. I remember reading really valuable advice on this and it was write your songs for the wastebasket. Write as though no one will ever read them and no one will ever hear them and it's a way of shortcutting that self-censorship loop of I'm going to look like an idiot, I'm, someone's going to compare my stuff to someone who's much more experienced, who has a professional audio setup and oh I'm just a total failure at this and those things aren't true. They're not true. Anyone with a phone can make a recording. Once, <laughs> once to prove a point, I took my phone sat it on the desk next to me and span off an hour-long brainwashing recording for someone on a spur-of-the-moment thing. And there's background noise, there's the crumpling of blankets as I'm shifting around the bed, you know, and that recording became something that they treasured. 
something that brought them a tremendous amount of joy, and not just once during a session, but over and over and over and over again. Whenever they needed it, whenever they wanted it, it was there for them. So I guess to come to the goal by a roundabout way, that's the point of this recording, this session, this episode, is to teach people that you can make your own recordings. And one of the kindest things you can do for someone that you care about is to make them a recording of your voice, especially if you're a hypnotist and especially if they're a hypnotic subject. You know, just think of them as little one-shots, right? Their name, a theme, a couple of power words to link it all together, and, but if, because, when, and then just tie all this stuff together, spit out a bunch of spontaneous recordings, and then later on I'll go into more detail again about how to make planned recordings. But I think that's probably enough for most people to get started with. Use Audacity, buy one of the microphones I recommended. If you want, you can just use the same microphone you use for your ordinary spontaneous recordings. There's nothing stopping you. It's better... I've been dealing with this a lot lately with people, this, uh, this idea of perfectionism and how dangerous it can be and how entrapping it can be. Because someone who's a perfectionist will think it's better to not do something and not risk failure than to make something substandard. And sometimes they're right. Sometimes they are. However, I remember reading this in a mental health text I was studying and it was the expression... Anything worth doing is worth doing poorly. And at first, especially to a, someone who's a perfectionist, just fries their brain. They can't understand this. And I say, well, this is how you explain it to them, right? If it's worth doing, it's worth doing poorly. Because once you've done it, then you can improve on it. But the big problem with perfectionists is often that they just don't do something. The gap between level zero and level one is too great for them to bridge. They can't do it even once. Right? That's a reference to the four stages model, uh, the subject of an upcoming episode. But, you know, because they can't do it even once, they can't improve. Success, this is another important one, success lies on the other side of failure. So everything you want is on the other side of failure, right? And it's a very much like that scene in Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark, where there's that invisible bridge and he's standing on one side of it, and on the other side is success. And in between it is, you know, failure, death. But everything he wants is on the other side of that bridge. And if you've seen the film, no, no spoilers, I guess, but if you've seen the film, the thing is an illusion, right? All you have to do is take that first step forward. And no one else was willing to do it. No one had the opportunity. No one else had the courage to, but he did. You can be your own hero. Make one recording. A better way of doing it is to follow the outline I've given you. All you need is a smartphone, all right? All you need are a couple of power words and a name and a theme. Just talk about that, loop it through, publish it, send it to somebody. Don't ask for feedback. <laughs> Asking for feedback is just a fool's errand. They like it, they'll tell you. If they say nothing on it, then it's okay to poke them a little bit because, you know, gratitude's important, people. Like, come on. But... You don't really want their judgment right now. You want to just produce five recordings and then think about changing some element or improving your technique. And if you want, you can always just email me, originalmindkink at pm.me. I'm quite happy to give out my contact details to people and have a conversation about how to refine it and 
how to suit it to your specific circumstances. But what I've outlined here today will cover basically everybody who wants to make good, clean, simple, powerful, effective hypnotic recordings, either spontaneous or planned. Personally, I find them both satisfying. Um, there was that week, a couple of weeks of, of time where I was just pounding out five or six recordings a day, and that was really satisfying to me because I got really good at it basically by the second day. And, uh, <clears throat> and the good thing about this episode is you don't have to make all the mistakes that I did. You can learn from my mistakes. You know, use this piece of software, just do this, use this format. You know, for spontaneous recordings, you don't need a script. Just create a flow using your power words and your H+. And you're wanting to have something good happen for that person, that powerful expectation that something good is about to happen for that person. And then you push all of that into your recording and you make it three to five minutes long and you pick one word like confidence and you practice with your HLSS cards before you do the recording and then you send it to them and you send them two more and then three more. Your goals should be make five recordings. Your second goal should be make 10 recordings and your third goal should be make 20 recordings. That's not unrealistic, really. Now, because they're all personalized, it's probably not really... Actually, now I think about it, it probably would be a pretty good idea. But with these spontaneous recordings, what you can do is you can upload them to your Soundgasm, right? Now, I'm pretty sure you can upload them from your phone. I haven't tried it myself, but I'm pretty sure you can. If you can't, you can just use your Trezor at Secure Cloud to synchronize them. Uh, you want to look for the basic plan, not any of the paid plans. There's a basic plan that gives you three gigabytes of space free and two devices, your phone and your computer. It's basically a better, more secure version of Dropbox. Um, so you use that to sync it to your computer, and then you send your computer you to, uh, to your soundgasm and you can mark it as private right so what they end up with then is a series of links of different recordings to you from you and you can send that link to someone in a secure way so they can access that link but I like to send people the raw mp3s as well and usually because of this they're small enough that you can attach them securely to an email so you can actually attach the raw mp3 as well as the link where they can stream it and download it wherever they want. But that's how I do it. I usually send emails or I usually use my phone and send it via signal to people. Security is important and using secure alternatives wherever possible shows people that you value their privacy and their informational integrity and that's that's an important part of building trust. I think, anyway. So, send them an email or text them the link. I guess if you don't have contact details for them, I suppose you can just send it to them via Discord, but honestly, you're better off just getting a phone number and an email address. And uh, yeah, create five recordings. Create 10, then create 20. If you have any problems, send me an email and I'm very happy to send you my phone contact details and we can chat on the phone about how to troubleshoot and diagnose these things. But I don't think you'll have any problems with this. I really don't. It's It's so simple. It's so easy and it's just follow the plan, you know. Planned recordings are a little bit harder to make, but not really. Like, everyone can find half an hour or 40 minutes 
do a proper warm-up of their voice. I mean, that you don't have to do that. That's just what I do. But, you know, it's just how I choose to do things. I like quality. I'm not a perfectionist anymore. I'm a recovering perfectionist. But I, I like high standards in what I do. I try to produce everything I can for people, especially if it's a commission piece or something to celebrate a significant event or something really special, like a planned recording that I've made for someone that's really special. I try and push that out to a very high quality. Now, because those recordings are usually a bit longer, you probably won't be able to attach the MP3 to an email, but what you can do is either upload that straight to Soundgasm but more realistically, you want to find a way to send them that raw MP3 as well, just in case the sound gather never gets taken down or, you know, they're stuck somewhere without internet coverage. They want, you want to have multiple ways of sending that to somebody. So what I would usually do is upload that to Trezorit, um, or I would use the send.trezorit.com feature. Basically, it's a free secure file sending service. You upload your file up to five gigs in size. And then you send them the link from that, and the link remains valid for like 10 days, I think. Long enough for them to download a copy of the MP3 themselves. When you're exporting it from Audacity, I always use the highest quality possible. So MP3 for maximum compatibility with everything. And then I think it's 320 kilobytes per second. Because unless you're recording it with multiple microphones, you're going to get a single audio input, so you force export to mono, I think. But I'm not an audio guy, and I might re revise this later on. I've just learned the absolute bare minimum I need to know to get by. So if you are an audio guy, and you do know how to do all this stuff perfectly, uh, drop me a line. I'd love to hear from you and then add some stuff to the end of this episode so that I can help people export better quality audios. But that should be more than enough to get you started. Um... So Soundgasm, your phone, voice memos app, preparation routine, voice book, foam rolling, therapy cane, bath. Yeah, I'm hitting pretty much all the highlights here. H plus, positive intention. Yeah. All right. Well, that's the end of this episode. What I want you to do now is I want you to go and make something. Go and make a recording for someone. Think about someone, even if you don't end up sending it to them. I mean, that, honestly, that sounds like a bit of a cop-out because really you should end up sending it to them because it's a piece of work that you made. It's, it's a piece of art that you created for them. They don't have to like it, but they should recognize and at least be grateful that you've made a piece of art for them, right? Like, just a simple thank you is generally more than sufficient, but you'd be amazed at the amount of ingratitude out there amongst hypnotic submissives. But find someone you like and think about them, pick a theme, spin off some words, make them a little recording, send them the recording, just to practice all this stuff, right? It's it's not life or death. It's not the end of the world if you get it wrong, and it's, it's not going to win you a medal if you get it right, but it's good to enjoy this. It's good to enjoy making content. Everybody can. It's not that hard. One of the things that I'm fighting against is this perception that you have to be a fucking pro to do any of this shit. It's like you do not have to be a pro at it. It helps. But you just have to do the right things in the right way for you. To harness your inherent natural talents and gifts and to create something that puts a smile on someone's face. You know, And I know that you can do that. I believe in you. It's not a 
wishy-washy expression, I genuinely believe you can do this. So go and make five recordings. Upload them somewhere or send them to somebody and enjoy the feeling of success. Enjoy the feeling of making something beautiful. Enjoy the feeling of reducing the amount of human suffering that exists in the world, especially for the people that you care about. And I will talk to you next time. Okay, so there's two things that you need to be aware of at the end here. One is when you upload things to Soundgasm that are for a particular person that might contain personal information or details about them, then, again, all you want to do is you want to put one, their name, don't use their full name in it. You use the, you know, the singular version of their name, like their first name rather than their first and last name. Um, but because you are uploading something to the internet, so there is always the possibility that someone could stumble across it accidentally. It's unlikely, and it's a low-risk thing, but it's just something to be aware of. I personally don't really use the Soundgasm option. I usually message people um, links to where they can download the encrypted MP3s which are stored securely, and I will usually send those links through an already existing encrypted channel like a signal chat or uh, an encrypted email. So make sure you mark your things as private if it's meant for a particular person and not public consumption on Soundgasm. The second thing that's going to save you a lot of time when you're editing is on the right-hand side of Audacity, there's a little playback speed indicator, and you can change that. So what I normally do is I will um, open up the audio on my computer for editing, and then I will do an initial playthrough pass, where I basically play through the audio at 1.5 or 1.6 times the normal speed, and listen for those double clicks, and then go back and cut out the, the sections that need cutting out, where I've made a small mistake. And uh, then I will go back through and listen to the whole thing, usually in real time, depending on it. Uh, if it's a podcast episode, I'll usually just call it a day there. But if it's an, uh, uh, a handcrafted recording for someone, I'll go back through and listen to it again in real time, so one-to-one, and just really make sure it's exactly what I want for that person. But that's just because I have high standards. You don't have to do that, and that's an entirely optional step. Once you've marked all of the things that need to be removed with a double-click, the mouth noise, not the actual double mouse click. Um, you can go back through very easily. You can play it on 1.7 times playback speed, and, and you can save yourself a shitload of time in editing. And then you export it as an MP3 with the highest quality you can, and then email them a link and distribute that in Bob's your uncle. So, yeah, that's everything else I need to add on that.